Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Eat, Sleep, Suplex, Retweet. Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to another episode of Saturday Draft Live here on the Eat, Sleep, Suplex, Retweet podcasting network and today you've got the og team you know from back in the days when we were drafting just for the hell of it but nowadays it seems like we're just drafting to stay relevant i am uh, got mcleary one half of this og team and i am joined by a man who's just so far far down in the dumps you know we all look very small from where he is yeah Evil. it is one half of the goat tones david yeah. I'm a very sad goat, very sad goat, Scott. Um, I I lashed out in anger at Ryan Gallagher this week in the chat, and he said some things this morning that made me think, and oh, he's right. Maybe I'm not the goat. Maybe I'm just the tone, and I must atone and say sorry to Ryan. You know, I respect him too much, um, and I just I just hope he can forgive me. You know, for my words. Yes, and uh, we all hope that you two can, can make peace from where you are right now. But, you know, we can't say we didn't see some of this coming. A lot of us actually are saying the opposite. We're saying that he's the tone in the group. But, you know, yeah. your, your opinion, David. Yeah, they're not, they don't know the behind the scenes. You know, they don't know what happens in the bedroom. But I think we, we need to move on. We need to talk about the team. You know, I'll, I'll get up for it. I'll get enthusiastic, Scott. It's fine. I'll lift myself from this, from this rut. You know, Come on, it's a Saturday morning. How, what is there not to be enthusiastic about? <laughs> Leaving bed, but <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> All right, let's let's talk about the top three then. Yeah, well, I'll take a bit of it. Let's, let's talk about number three. I'm surprised that this is number three this week because this has not really been the season really for you know non wrestling picks. You know. As opposed to last few, last few seasons, you know, it feels like it's cooled down. As in the lead to WrestleMania, people kind of went against taking commentaries and that. But uh, Tony Schiavone is on eight points this week. And on uh, Callum and JP's team, he was their second round pick. Never forget he was their second round pick, but at least he's making the top three occasionally. <laughs> are you surprised that people like Tony Schiavone are still making it into the top three? I think he's boosted by the captaincy uh, being on him. They made, they made that change last week uh, in a very controversial change, but it has worked out. And I think I said this a few seasons back when we were talking more heavily about the non-wrestler picks, that it would phase out, but it wouldn't phase out completely. It's just people would start cherry-picking, OK, who are the non-wrestler picks? Who will get me points? I'm not just going to craft a non-wrestler pick as they think to do. I want the ones who are going to get me points. And Tony Giovanni, whatever you think about the non-wrestler picks, whatever you, you, you may cry or derive, it is cowardice to, to take such a pick in round two. It does work. Tony Giovanni does work. There's a reason the Listeners League loves picking Tony Giovanni so work. Yeah, because he has a history of getting high points over Dynamite and Rampage with a commentary appearances and interview appearances. So as long as the point system stays the same, in terms of the commentary interview divide, Tony Schiavone is going to be a staple uh, of the draft going forward, I think, in that position. 
I just thought it was such a surprise that he was the, the chosen kind of commentator, especially now that we don't do Dark Elevation anymore. Mm. He's not really on, uh, on Rampage that much. So, well, you thought you would have went for somebody like a Taz or an Excalibur. But, you know, yeah. fair play. If Tony Schiavone still seems to be a popular pick. Going uh, off to the number two of the week, he's a, kind of the second you know biggest pick you could get. Well, no, he's the biggest pick. He's the biggest pick you could get from, you know, NXT 2.0, second being uh, Carmelo Hayes. But, you know, he seems to be the one they're building a brand around. He's got big title defences coming up, and he's continuing to score big points. It's big uh, Braun Breaker. Mm. Mm. Uh, yeah, the thing with Braun, obviously, picking up a win over the Dirty Dogs, I believe that was this week. Uh, him and Champa uh, getting a, a wee victory there. And I think stand and deliver. We know what's going to happen. You know, Braun Breaker is not losing to Dolph Ziggler. Dolph Ziggler is going down to NXT uh, to put some heat on Braun Breaker and to build him up a wee bit, which is fantastic stuff, which we need. And I think it's a good tactic uh, deployed by WWE. But Breaker, it's hard to say where he's going to fall going forward because when he leaves NXT, is it going to be the case of the undefeated run? And... People love that in the draft when, you know, we can get someone who's squashing everyone every week because that's guaranteed good points every week, a decent show and a decent run. But I do think that out of all the NXT call-ups to happen, Braun Breakers is the safest bet. So when he finally makes that jump, he's going to get the title defence, the title wins in NXT. When he finally makes the jump up, he's also going to be a safe bet. Braun Breakers solidified himself as a very good second, third-round draft pick, I think. I don't think I'd pick him first just yet, but I could be wrong. Might be proven wrong on that in the future. Yeah, I don't think he's at first round level yet. He was chosen second round by uh, David and Gary. And, you know, given obviously, if you're looking for consistency on NXT 2.0, there's very few who mm. is consistently strong as Braun Breaker. Only yeah. very rarely do he really suffer a loss. And yeah, like, the fact that he's got the title defence next week. I think between like Champa and uh, Ziggler, I think it's a case of whichever of those two he doesn't pin in that triple threat is the one that faces him at stand and deliver. Yeah. I think he retains it as well. And I think uh, David and Gary are in a couple of positions down from where they probably should be given their team on paper. I think this from Braun is what they need to carry them back up with only a few weeks left of the season. Yeah, listen, I don't think he'll be enough. I said with David and Gary, I don't think they have enough, especially with Liv Morgan in there, really let the team down a bit. Um, so I don't think they have enough in the tank. It's sad to say, both really good drafters, but yeah, you're right in what you say. Broadbreaker is a definite standout highlight of the team, including um, their tag team as well. well speaking of, of Liv Morgan, I think we learned at Elimination Chamber when Alexa Bliss pinned Liv Morgan to eliminate her from the elimination <laughs> that uh, David Huffney shaked by to t- not take the bet because... Uh, yep. The list so far, as up here, but Morgan sadly down here. Mm-hmm. Yep, hundred <laughs> uh, percent. It was a hell of a night, elimination chamber. You and I went to war at the elimination chamber predictions wise. Uh, mm. How did that go again? Oh yes. Oh God. Morally, we just stood tall in a morally unrighteous country. <laughs> yeah, and more more words to back up Ryan Gallagher's, you know, claim. Yeah, sad go. There, sad go indeed. Uh, well, this will surely boost your spirits. In number one this week, 
my captain after uh, <laughs> I didn't think he'd be successful in as the Spanish god himself, the TNT champ champ, because he got two belts mm. on 13 points, lucky 13, Sammy Guevara. Now, I've joked in the past, I have a mixed relationship with the TNT championship, you know, mm. yeah. and so far, you know, it's looking better than it has in previous seasons, and I think me and Chris have maintain that before WrestleMania, we will be switching to Bianca Belair for our captaincy for the final stretch. But I think in the meantime, mm. we're going to team. I think we couldn't have chosen anyone better to hold on to the captaincy in the meantime than Sammy. I think you're absolutely right. There's always a risk with mid-card titles. Like, you saw this week in WWE TV, US title changes hands to Finn Balor, Intercontinental title changes hands uh, to Ricochet. No one benefited from both of those. Uh, people just lost momentum and lost points. But the TNT title is more interesting because it get, gets defended on a more regular basis than the WWE mid-card belts. Um, so there is less of a risk mostly it just depends on at what point in the season if any the tnt champion loses the belt and mm-hmm. i think that you guys have struggled with this one because it looks like Sammy Guevara is going to do a hercules and go the distance with the title throughout the entirety of the season so i think it's been fantastic for you guys points wise he is the linchpin that's pushed you on uh, to this point he does have a six-man tag at Revolution, if memory serves me right, which mm-hmm. I think he, him, Darby and Sting will be the favourites to win. I can't see them losing in that six-man tag because uh, they're up against Sean Spears and Sean Spears is shit. Um, so, yeah, yeah, I, that is, that's that's my analysis of it. It was very good. <laughs> Fair play, Scott. <laughs> yeah, I think the six-man is all but, they're all but guaranteed to win. I mean, they don't, you know, we joke about WWE, not letting legends, you know, meet something like Goldberg and that, like, they've got Sting, like, they're not ready for Sting to lose, yet, unless it's probably to Derby at some yeah. point. And, yeah, like, uh, we're going to throw to a chat in a wee while that I had with Chris Antelope with my glorious tag team partner. I mean, you know, I discussed this, like, I've discussed this on, the sh- on there and probably that it does seem like Sammy has been, like, because he was the youngest out of the, you know, so he's been primed as, like, that breakout guy. Mm. When the circle fall apart and he's seemingly living up to that, no being a, a pillar of AEW. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And I think Sammy TNT title or no TNT title will be valuable uh, in future seasons, particularly a long season like the mini to SummerSlam stretch. I think that'll be an interesting one to see where he gets picked up there. Yeah, I, th- I, I personally still think he's a second round pick, but. You know, given the snake draft and everything and the length of the season, depends on if you want to take that chance. But let's look over to the table right now. Uh, the top nine teams here, we've got the B-Sharp, Andy and Ross on 29 points. The Goat Tones, very sad to be. Sad. But it's still a big of a gap ahead of Andy and Ross. You guys have got 45 points. Then uh, champion Big Boss, uh, Alan and Tom on 62 points. And then just above them on 68 points, Billy and Stacey, who we have been reliably informed after that meteoric rise last week after Brock Lesnar turned into the bear from the Revenant mm. in the Elimination Chamber. They've scored a grand total of zero points this week. That is very sad as well. That is also very sad. <laughs> I, think that's, I don't think that really happened. I don't think that was possible. But, you know, mm. you, know you got like, the Damien Priest 
is on the team and he lost the United States Championship. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that did not help them in any sense. Uh, it's above them. Callum and JP on 69 points. Nice. Yeah. Uh, rising up to fourth with David and Gary Men are missing 2.0 with 81 points, ironically. Given it's the main guy behind 2.0 that's helped him get there. Three point and third place on 84 points. Daniel and Jack slipped down from second into third, probably due to Sammy losing the IC title. And I'd be lying if I said when I looked on Twitter and saw that it didn't tickle me a little bit. It did. It was funny. It was because he was very confident about Zane holding that title in the mania. So it was very funny indeed. Because like, we were at the end of the last week trying to figure out how they were doing well. Because they didn't yeah. scream, there's nobody screaming points, there's just people getting little bits here and there. Yeah. And then, just, and I think it seems to me we want Johnny Knoxville to win at Mania, but even we know that we don't care the ice, but the AC title, we still can't have Johnny Knoxville win it. <laughs> <laughs> so we gotta get that off, Sam. Exactly, exactly. Jim uh, and Stephen, the quintessential stud muffins, never, there's never been a more inaccurate name for a draft team. Oh, absolutely. Seen. Jim Sumpton and Stephen uh, are a team I do not respect nor like. Um, so, yeah, I'm happy that they are not winning. Let's put it that way. Uh, but, David, mm. do you know what they call a winning team in France? No, no. A big mech, eh? Or, no, what is it? Lopez with cheese. Ah, like Lopez with cheese. Oh, okay, okay. Seven <laughs> points. A lot of yes. us there, and we got Revolution coming up, which me and Chris will talk about a lot uh, because we got Sammy in the sixth man, we got Jurassic Express in a three way tie team match, and we got John Moxley versus Brian Danson. Now, we're going to go over there in a second, but we got something I want to talk about quickly. Uh, now, David. Me and obviously we know how important a uh, revolution is to help us getting into help us into uh, the yeah. final stretch season. Yeah. But what do you think? Uh, do you, how do you think like this goes? Like even if we get like two out of the three, how how likely do you see me and Chris kind of hold on to your lead? And what do some of the other teams really need to to do? I think it just depends on how the other teams do leading into Mania after that mm-hmm. because I don't think there are many people who can compete with you at Revolution Jim and Steven have Punk and they have Danielson mm-hmm. I think that's one win one loss there uh, potentially two losses Daniel and Jack they have two high profile title matches again I think they split the difference between Cole and Baker I can't see both of them walking out with victories on that night. Um, Andy and Ross, they have Hangman Adam Page, but they're too far away to do anything for you. And Thunder Rosa, rumours of an injury aside, um, it's again touch and go. Tom and Alan, interestingly, MGF and Jade Cargill, um, but MGF, I think, will be picking up a, a loss there. So it really comes down to you guys. Uh, you've taken a, a risk with such an AEW heavy team in this season, in my opinion, initially. But when you look at the bare bones of it, when you look at what you've actually done, it is quite a remarkable effort. And if Moxley and Guevara can walk out with a win after this pay-per-view, Jurassic Express probably a bit... I'd say that one's a bit more up in the air. But I do think you can increase the lead. The problem you then have is 
making sure that your NXT picks are appearing leading up to Mania, your AEW picks continue to appear leading up to Mania, and Bianca Belair, most importantly, gets a captaincy win at Mania to just keep you over that line. You know, the chaser is on your tail. You need know, we push back at Mania, Scott, is what you need. <laughs> exactly. I mean, the only thing is, like, we got Stand and Deliver and Mania Night 1 on the same day, and uh, Bianca's match is going to be on Mania Night 1, so the case of like we need everything going well there but then we're just we just have to sit there night two and hope nothing big like changes yeah because we just gotta sit there fingers and toes crossed things well, are happen because like we had Carmelo Hayes and a title defense against Pete Dunne I was surprised to see that he got the settled defense and then the fucker went and said oh I want to have a ladder match stand deliver like what are you doing to us Carmelo yeah yeah I feel, yeah exactly and I think there's not a lot I see changing. I think the card is starting to take shape. The only rumour is that Brock Lesnar drops the title in the garden. Um, but again, don't know how much truth there is in that. So neat to see. Exactly. So it's very interesting to see what happens coming out of, of Revolution uh, and how many of those uh, those picks pay off. I mean, the uh, because I'm hoping I'll see at any point we lose championship wise for Jurassic Express if they do lose I think they're the most likely to mm. uh, we can make back up with the other guys mm. when especially given that one of those matches features features our captain but well, me and Chris's that conversation was recorded before we knew that the Bucks were the final team so they're all about back nine thinking but well, okay let's let these guys take each other right let's all in fighting with Adam Cole you yeah. know and fighting over him like the bell of the ball and Jurassic Express swoop in to get a big win on pay-per-view. Mm. Uh, so we're going to go over the Damien Chris in a second, but uh, David, we've got important business to take care mm. We have to look at who in the Listeners League is uh, going to make their way through to the biggest season next uh, mm. Next season, obviously, being the biggest season, as it's the longest between... Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, it looks like it could be a new name. So in fifth place, we've got Fraser Graham with Frasman's All-Stars. Somebody once told me the world was going to roll this man because I don't think he's going to win. And even if he wins, he'll fail when he comes up like everyone does. Speaking of failing when they come up, Matt Smith is in fourth with the booty woes. Uh, probably one of the worst drafters of living memory. Perhaps he wants a second bite of the apple. Uh, Mike Nunn with the Sports Entertainers, one of the most boring team names I can remember. Um, but Mike Nunn... Uh, don't want none, uh, apparently, with that team name. Johnny Adam with the Gore More Whores, um, a man with a rhino fetish. Um, I can't endorse bestiality on this show, ladies and gentlemen. But in first place, Adam Callie with how much wood can Braun Breaker break if Braun Breaker could break wood. I don't appreciate that team name, Adam Callie. I think it's malicious. Uh, and yeah, go to hell. Uh, but that's the Listeners League, Scott. That's the top five this week. How, efficient, how efficiently broken down of you and yet again just as we looked like it was, we were getting a clear leader then we've got the more of this so tying up especially you have your pick of everyone on the table you should not be constantly tying as much as you are is this still happening exactly exactly 104 points that for the top two 103 points for third um, and then 101 who is who is bottom just so i can take the piss out of them dan axel jameson with stone cold theory I think that theory's been proven wrong, mate. So, you should get a grip. Fucking stone cold. <laughs> it's fucking deed to me. 
Uh, his draft hopes are dead, that's for sure. Older than Leo at the end of Bloody Titanic. Mm-hmm. Yep, no room in that iceberg for you, sir. <laughs> Maybe he's budging to let you in that door. Anyway, <laughs> let's move League Bastion aside because I could spend all day on it. Uh, is there anything you want to discuss, Strathwise, before we throw over to the glorious Chris Anthony Lopez? No, I'll throw over to Chris again. Uh, Ryan, just return my calls. Um, <laughs> I have some Thornton's uh, chocolates waiting for you. Um, and and he'll he'll brother. Let's let's go to Celtic again. You know, let's let's talk this out. Well, while the the ongoing love story between Ryan and David works itself out, and they try to renew the differences, and David tries to desperately get Ryan to change the lock while he holds a boombox outside of his house. <laughs> Throw over to a little chat we had a few days ago when we talk about the unlikely partnership and the success. Of Mike Lopez with cheese. And now it's time for the point in the show you were all waiting for. A show that definitely will not be affected when you're hearing this in any way due to hindsight. Uh, David, unfortunately, is too busy to discuss you know, anybody's team in glowing praise other than his own. Uh, so it's time for me to break down my team in a little bit more detail alongside my tag team partner and making his debut this season to the level, see how he's getting on with it. It's the other half. It's the guy who puts Mick Lopez in a Mick Lopez with G's. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Chris Anthony Lopez, how are you doing, my friend? I'm doing great, man. I'm so happy to be here talking about our squad, Mick Lopez with cheese. You know, um, <laughs> we're, we're crushing it, man. We're crushing it. <laughs> yeah, we are. Uh, at the time recording, we are number one. I mean, this is the time we come out, we'll probably still be near the top. But yeah, we've seemingly shot up in the last couple of weeks. So I'm hoping that nothing I say will jinx us going forward. But, you know, before we talk about the, the team, Chris, also this is your debut in the, the draft. Well, can I, at my reading, assuming that it was David Campbell who first mentioned to you about potentially coming on board the draft? Yeah, yeah. I've known David for a minute now. And when I was first brought into the whole uh, ESSR of it all, and I just saw this different side of him, like, who is this? You know, like, <laughs> like, and I'm like, oh, OK, like, I, I get what we're doing over here. And I was invited to do the draft. And Scott, I, I think we we had probably met when we did the chase. Is that when we met? Yeah, the chase was recorded also before then. I think, yeah, the chase was recorded in advance because Daniel was busy a lot through February, so he wanted more time to put the thing together anyway. So, yeah, the first time we met was on the chase, and I had to be in full you know, arrogant chaser. I know everything mode, so I was not changing <laughs> Well, you, you at did all. know everything, so that was... Uh... I, I don't I don't think you were you were too far off. Like you, you did you did come off, but you had to, you know, put up the front, put up the present. Mm. I get it, I get it. But yo, you were definitely crushing it that chase. And then when we were paired up for the draft, I'm like, I don't even know this man. Like he probably doesn't <laughs> even like me because I you know, I beat him in the chase. I got lucky. Yeah. <laughs> but I was I was happy with with our um because we talked a lot. I don't know how, how much other teams talked going into their drafts, but we spoke a decent amount, especially when the actual draft was happening. We were firing off DMs to each other like crazy because you were on the show on screen. 
Yeah. And um, I I was very, very content and very happy with with how our team. I wish we had some other people that landed in other places or some that who have been booked really well that none of us picked up. But I'm, mm-hmm. I'm happy about it. Very happy about it. Yeah. And people may have noticed so far, like, whenever we do these slideshows, I'm always looking down. because I'm always looking through my suggestions of who I was going to get to double check. Okay, so-and-so's picked him. So he's not available. So who's my next best option? But during that one, I'm looking down because constantly, like the little dots are constantly appearing because we're just having to change things on mm-hmm. the fly. Uh, now, this is the second time we've done the draft season. I got Stephen uh, last year. At that point, we were two of the only people to actually win it twice. So I thought, oh, good, this will be like a two-man paratrick kind of thing. Finished right in the middle. <laughs> so I think, okay, I want to do better this time. Uh and, you know, with all offence meant to them, I did not want JP because he's a listener's league guy and I don't trust his ability. <laughs> but who am I going to get? And out of all the new people, I think the best one I could get was you because like, I thought, wow. OK, well, we'll see. This. There was a lot of unknowns going into to this. And then I got nervous because I, I basically asked you, what do you know about the draft? And you were very upfront saying basically nothing. Yep. <laughs> so, so I went, OK, and, it's, and in the space of three voice notes which I the whole thing I'm thinking it's even going to understand a word I'm saying because I can't hear it but when I hear when I talk to people who aren't Scottish they tell me well your accent's very thick at times <laughs> I mean when I was I mean when I was brought into all this stuff like again I didn't know what I was getting myself into I was just asked if I want to talk about wrestling and I said of course I would love to <laughs> and um, and then I realized, like, wait a minute, like they're all overseas, and they mm-hmm. like me, the 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 lone American boy of the bunch. Like, like this is like this is gonna be this would be interesting. But you sent me the voice messages, and yo, I can proudly say all it took was one listen of each one, and I got what you. I got it. I got it. I understood mm-hmm. what was going on. But um, again, I I didn't. I, I was still very apprehensive because even I'll be honest with you, Scott, that the second I I said yes and we had chatted, but I saw the draft list like there are so many people. I underestimated yeah. how many teams there were going to be. So when I said yes to a draft, I'm like, oh, like that should be fun. Like I'm just jot down a bunch of names. I think that would be booked a lot that would win and succeed going into WrestleMania weekend. And, oh, God, there were so many people, so many teams. And it hit me when the teams part of the draft happened, the opening round, and how many teams went off the board. And I was like, oh, God, this is going to be rough. <laughs> yeah. And, like, I initially, you know, I was one of the few people who was kind of opposed to the idea of, like, doing it Sunday selection. Uh, the teams Monday, everybody makes their picks. Because, also it's a quick turnaround everything else I think maybe he was doing an availability thing and also maybe added that little bit more pressure but I initially thought okay how much does he know of the draft also there's a time difference is a how long after I send the message he can be able to see it but yeah I was so surprised after you like got, got the voice messages we were basically off to the base basically throwing ideas back and forth yeah. and I had very few suggestions in terms of what the team name was going to be but any of the ones I did make they were nothing compared to when you suggested Mick Lopez with Jason. 
I, I was just trying to, I didn't know. I'm like, oh, I got to go. I don't know what Scott's sense of humor is going to be. Like, is he going to like this? Like, I thought it was so stupid. Like, I, I thought about it, but I couldn't get it out of my brain. I'm like, I love it. But he's going to think it's so dumb. And he's going to be like, oh, my God. Like, who the hell I am I teaming with this for this draft? Because we both very much cared about how we, uh, assembling this great squad. You know, mm-hmm. we we both like like you were you're worried about me, um, you know, being a vocal and communicating during the draft process. You should have seen me over here. I had the draft on the TV. I was watching y'all as it was happening and I was running around my apartment like, damn it. Oh, this person got picked. Damn it. Like, <laughs> I, I was so enthralled and I was very again, like even, you know, we were. Our, our team is very different than everybody else's. I think a lot of folks went like WWE heavy. And mm-hmm. it, I think the only main roster person we had, the only main person, main roster person we have is Bianca Belair. Mm-hmm. And we have Kaylee Ray and uh, Car- or Carmelo Hayes, which is great from NXT. And then we fill out the rest of the roster with AEW people. Like we, we relied a lot on NXT and AEW. And I thought, that was for the better you know mm-hmm. i like that bianca's our only main roster person because both of us are very high on her like she was one of the first names we mentioned in in the in the initial conversations of the draft mm-hmm. yeah i think there are times where i feel like maybe get a top one of the top women uh, out there first because when you get to rounds three and four things like that you want a woman pick that's when it becomes difficult because obviously across even across AEW and AEW, there's still not the biggest pool of women to pick from that will be consistent point getters for you. And yeah, we did go great AEW NXT because you got to think not only is WrestleMania the finale of the season, but there's all this stuff with NXT and AEW on the road to it. And I think uh, you also thought about Elimination Chamber. I think in terms of a lone representative from the main roster, I think Bianca was the best one of the best ones we could get because obviously Women's Elimination Chamber who walked out of that, the winner Bianca Damn right, Damn then, right. You know, we're keeping the candy for now on Sammy Guevara which I think with Revolution this weekend I think it still lies but you got to think a little bit me in the back of my brain went oh, but if Bianca was the captain now because you get bonus points, I think it was four bonus points or so for an elimination in the chamber and she got two and I'm like oh, where would we be now if there's Kansi, because bloody Billy and Stacey, who bit Nikki Bell and their team, we were all laughing at them, and then they bit Brock Lesnar, given the captaincy, they bloody shot up after the, you know, we were all looking at the next day like, what the fuck is happening here? <laughs> you don't understand my surprise <laughs> when I, because again, like, we're, we were very, we're very competitive in, in regards mm-hmm. to this, like like the rest of the folks in the draft, like, we all very much care about the results mm-hmm. of this. And then the following morning after Elimination Chamber and seeing the team skyrocket, and I thought to myself, like, how? 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 <laughs> like, like what? Like, did I watch the, the wrong show? Like, how did this happen? And again, I had to, I looked at the, um, I had to reevaluate. I'm like, yo, like, they got points for Elimination, of course, like how we did for Bianca. And it was, uh, God, so damn frustrating that Brock Lesnar, again, who is the bane of my existence um, when he when he just shows up on Raw every week. But now with this draft, oh, God damn it. I was very, very upset. Words cannot describe. 
<laughs> yeah, again, I can imagine just how frustrating it can be. I mean, I've been on, I've, this is what it feels like to be on the other end of it, because I was on the winning side of this before uh, in 2020, because I had Shana Baszler as my captain that season, and then she just killed everyone in that chamber. So <laughs> it's not nice being on the other end of this. Oh, dude, but I think, you know, we, we, we chose Jurassic Express with our with our team pick. And obviously, they're the AEW tag champs. And uh, when we're recording this, we're a few days away from Revolution. And they got a big title match, big title match coming up. And I, I, I'd be lying if I said I was if I wasn't nervous, because I definitely am in regards to that. But I feel good about Sammy and Moxley going into the pay-per-view. So I'm I'm just scared that Jurassic Express, as good as they've done us so far, they might fall off to the wayside if they were to potentially lose, and that's gonna you know make me cry. Uh, I'm not I'm not re- I'm not ready for that. Yeah, because obviously pay-per-view win points are important, especially in terms of a title match and things like that. But you know, out of those three, I personally think Jurassic Express, I told you I had mixed feelings before we recorded about Revolution, because those are the ones I'm worried about most, because they've been pretty consistent. they got a few title defenses across Rampage and things like that. But, you know, you got Red Dragon in there, and we don't know at the time recording who the next team is going to be. Part of me thinks maybe Proud and Powerful they'll put in there. And I don't see Jurassic Express coming out of those belts. Just something about it makes me feel very nervous. Whereas Sammy... I think his team will come out on the winning side of the tag match because the whole thing is basically all this bad stuff is happening to Matt Hardy, who probably is eventually going to snap and go back with Jeff. And then the Moxley-Brian thing, I think you can still tell the story with Moxley getting a win, bleeding with Brian, and then saying, yeah, fine, I will tag with you. Right, right. Like, the whole story is, like, Brian wanting to uh, tag with Mox. It'd be weird if Moxley took the loss. Mm-hmm. To advance the story, so I, I'm I'm trying to stay optimistic in regards to Jurassic Express, but they've done this well so far. And granted, I know that they're not getting too many singles matches. Don't get me wrong; mm-hmm. I'd love to see some Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus stuff, but like having Sammy be the captain for now, and Sammy, who has been a, he was a fixture on Rampage, that him and um, Jurassic Express, so. I was I was banking on Dynamite being our key show, but Rampage for a while was our was where our money was being made in regards to AEW. Like Moxley, when he came back and he was put into the forefront with Daniel Bryan, or excuse me, Brian Danielson, like I was I was very keen on okay, that just means all he has to do is show up. Uh Danielson keeps bringing up his name. Just have him show up on TV, bang, easy points. And now we're talking about pay-per-view matches. Yes, please, give me more. I'm, yes, 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 yes. But um, my favorite that we have is uh, Carmelo Hayes. Because I know after Sammy, we were just tossing out names and just essentially fantasy booking against the, amongst the two of us who's to be doing well going into WrestleMania. Um, and Carmelo, he's had some killer matches. I know he just came off the NXT title defense against Pete Dunne, but I'm very, very happy with Carmelo's performance, not only on television, but obviously for us, you know, and hopefully 
going into, I know standard deliver is going to be big for us too, with a ladder match being announced. Oh God, here we go. Yeah. But again, I feel good, especially with Carmelo being a fixture on NXT television every week. Yeah. Cause with Carmelo, I think like a lot of things, I think we mentioned it on the draft election show, but we had three suggestions for the settings round. We thought maybe we'll try and go for another female if they're still around. And the two females we thought were Britt Baker and Jade Cargill. Uh, and we put Sammy in there as well. Because uh, obviously the TNT title can be very, very beneficial if it's regularly defended, which it usually is. And so basically the, the other two options got taken away. So basically, like, well, we got no other choice. We got to go with, uh, with Sammy. We got him. And the reaction by particularly David on the, the show, David Hockney, when he clearly wanted him, like, it just made that a little bit better. But then, yeah, throwing the ideas around, I just went, oh, what about Car- I think, can't remember who suggested Carmelo Hayes, but it's worked out better than I thought it would because, you know, he got the win at Vince, they over Cameron Grimes, and then thought, okay, they're teasing the Pete Dunthony, maybe we'll save Sand and Deliver, but maybe he'll lose. Oh, no, they're doing it on NXT, oh, God. And then I woke up this morning, like, oh, he won. And then he said, and we're going to do a ladder match at Stand and Deliver. Oh, God, what are you doing, Carmelo? <laughs> Right, and he offered up the decision to do it. Like, okay, sure, I guess, fine. But I remember vividly being very upset because we were talking about Jade Cargill as, like, the dark horse. Like, she was somehow going to be slept on, and she had this 20-plus undefeated undefeated streak, and our thought process was, no one's going to pick her. No one. And uh, I was stunned and very disappointed how high she was taken because I was mm-hmm. chomping at the bit. You mentioned Guevara to me very early on, and I said, Yes, Jade Cargill, yes, I want them both. And Jade got taken first, and I I felt like, you know, like I was just distraught. Like I fell to a knee at my apartment, you know? Like, ah, oh, damn it. Like we we lost Jade and Britt was taken off the board not too long afterwards. But Guevara's been well, been well. If anything, our weak link has been Kaylee mm-hmm. Ray, but she's been in that tag team tournament, the Dusty Classic. So mm-hmm. they can't, I know she can't really do much besides yeah. doing the team matches, but she advanced the first round. And if it goes the way I think it's going to go, she is going to advance into the finals, possibly win the damn thing. Who knows? But yeah. um, I, I'm confident that Kaylee Ray will stick around in the main event of the women's picture in NXT, whether she's in the Dusty Classic final or not. Whether she goes back into a thing with Mandy Rose, I don't know, but I'm confident. Yeah. No matter to I really wanted her like, maybe above Brett because I had her like third or so round uh, in the season before this and because I had a feeling like they're starting the TPS title tournament this season and I was confident she was going to win it and she did. And then I only caught the benefit of her tail defences right at the tail end of the season. So I thought, okay, she'll be running through. They're not going to end this undefeated streak until maybe double or nothing at the earliest. Or so it'll be a consistent points gear. Then someone else got like, oh, you're... <laughs> Brett, I'm not so annoyed about because at the time I didn't think they were going to do the Thunder Rosa story yet. And now they are doing it, Revolution. I'm thinking, yeah, I can see Thunder Rosa coming out with that. So we maybe avoided a potential loss there. But yeah, Keely Ray, I mean, she's not... She doesn't have the best history in the draft, but she's, you know, not one of the worst picks. So, especially given how talented a competitor she is, when she's your weakest link in your team, I think it still says a lot about the team we have put together. Yeah, I knew he'll say it was a long shot for a beat Mandy Rose. She took that loss very early on in the season. 
But then, yes, this turnaround for being added to the Dusty Women's Dusty Cup alongside Io Shirai. You know, I, I, part of me can see them, you know, going through the former NXT UK Women's Champion, the former NXT Women's Champion and former Tag Champs. So, nothing to say they couldn't win it, but it's a Carmelo thing that's really got me nervous because Standing delivers the same day as Mania Night 1, which they've announced that Night 1 will be where Bianca fights Becky. And we talked about basically after Revolution, we're going to probably at some point put the captaincy on Bianca heading into WrestleMania. Yep. So the whole thing is that you want that lead going into Mania. Because if you're confident someone's going to win, like I'm confident that Bianca's going to beat Becky, with the captaincy added onto it with a tight win on pay-per-view, that's big. But you want to keep a lead going into that. So if Carmelo fucks up for us by losing that North American title, I'm going to be so mad. That day is going to be pivotal because that's that's our last day, you know. Because like mm-hmm. I said, we we have that's the only main roster talent that we have is Bianca. Granted, like yourself, I am very, very, very confident that she will win at WrestleMania. I will be shocked if she loses, especially like them. You know, I, I think they're going to give Bianca her moment back after last year's SummerSlam with Becky with the whole Becky stuff. But that day is going to be pivotal. Do I think Carmelo? I don't even know who we don't even know who's in the ladder match yet. Do I think Carmelo's gonna leave with the title? No. Because that's the best way to have Carmelo look all right in a loss while putting the belt on somebody else. But the Bianca of it all, I'm I'm very confident with her. And she's on TV every week. She racks up W's every week, you know? Like I I'm so, so happy with Bianca. And the the, the future of this whole thing, yeah, there are so many people that we could have picked. Some folks that have had a lot of uh, Dynamite, Rampage, Raw, SmackDown time. Like you mentioned, Thunder Rosa. Has, did anyone even pick Thunder Rosa? Yeah, she is on somebody's team. I had to double check it, though. Because that, like, that's somebody who, like, I know we talked about picking up. Um, we talked about some folks from uh, Toxic Attraction. Uh, whether it was Gigi Dolan, I know I was very high on on Dolan, but the uh, who was oh Finn Balor was somebody recently mm-hmm. that our group chat with everybody in it was like, yo, did anyone get Finn? <laughs> like he like he just won the U.S. title, and we're like, well, shit, like nobody picked up Finn Balor. But in our defense, he had been off TV for a while yeah. at that point, so. I'd, I'd rather not take a risk like a Nikki Bella choice, which I cannot <laughs> believe happened. Because guess what, y'all? She's not even around. <laughs> WrestleMania's in a month, and nothing. Nothing from her. And she that, she probably won't even... She probably will be there. Maybe she'll be like just in a backstage segment and get a little, some pity points. But... I mean, I mean, Brock is carrying that team because... They had Damian Priest, by the way, who then recently lost the title. Uh, and they have Lashley and MVP as their captain, as their tag team, sorry. And MVP and Lashley aren't even around because Lashley's hurt. She mentioned right. Ross, Ross and Andy, the B Sharp. They've got Thunder Rosa and they've got Adam Page. So those two matches go their way at Revolution and they could leapfrog out of last place over the potentially the goat toads there. And they've also got Edge who suddenly started appearing. So fortunes are turning around a little bit yeah they're looking good there's still a there's a there's a healthy gap between us 
and like the Market Street Posse, the quintessential Stud Muffins, which is a great team name, by the way. I don't think I've given Jim and Steven their flowers. But all the way down at the bottom, you know, will be the Goat Tones by the end of this upcoming weekend. Because like you said, there's a lot of big a lot of big points up there, and I doubt Adam Page is going to lose to Adam Cole, at least not yet. But the Goat Tones, damn, guys. Damn. I, I don't want to say <laughs> yeah. I feel bad for you, but ouch <laughs> ouch that because because ryan and david are very vocal in in our group mm-hmm. chat and, and they they were very very much hyping themselves up before during and after the draft and of course like us over here mick lopez with cheese we had some we were i wouldn't because i i can't just sit there and let david talk shit to me so i gotta respond but um we just you know kept her cool played it all right and now look at us now. At the moment, as of this recording, things may change between now yeah. and and Saturday. But as of right now, we're at the top, and even by Saturday, we'll be near the top. We have a we're, we're th- we thought long term like everybody else did, but we just had better options. We had better choices, better picks. Sorry, y'all. Damn. Yeah, I mean, also Revolution isn't gonna go with the goat to Jake because they've actively, I think, avoided anybody from AEW on their team. So there's that. It's and, opportunity. You know, having good AEW picks, even if they don't appear on Dynamite and you don't have anyone who's on SmackDown, if they can appear on Rampage and we counteract some some of the other picks who people might have that are on SmackDown, that's still a good thing. Uh, but I think right now our main competition is uh, the Market Street Posse, Daniel and Jack, and the Quintessential Stuff Muffins. They're both our, our main competition right now because Jack and Daniel, the Market Street Posse, have got Alpha Academy, Seth Rollins, and Sami Zeno probably on WrestleMania. Don't know about Bliss. And they've got Britt Baker and Adam Cole, who I don't see Revolution going the best for. And Jim Steven have the Creed Brothers, who are getting their tie title shot next week. You've got Punk, who's competing at Revolution. You've got Rhea Ripley, Kevin Owens, Dana Brooke, and they have Brian Danielson. So this Saturday, it's us versus them when it comes to Moxley v. Danielson. Yeah, and if it, if it goes the way I think it is, like points aside, draft aside, I think it'd just be better if Moxley beat Danielson. Especially now that Danielson has a loss in his record, you can start having him lose now. And losing to Moxley is not a bad thing. But just, you know, coincidentally for us, it would be very beneficial if Moxley beat Danielson on pay-per-view. Like, yeah. that's just, I, that's just <laughs> what I think. Yeah, it's weird how you eat some big intentions you don't know if you would agree with or not if you didn't have the draft. Like, I remember when I had Charlotte, any other time I'd say Charlotte shouldn't have won that match, but whenever I have Charlotte, I feel like, yes, please bury as many people as you as you can, please. <laughs> but yeah, like, because the whole thing with Danielson right now is that he's beating people and saying they weren't violent enough. And to try and say that John Moxley wouldn't be violent enough, I think, is uh, uh, about out there. So yeah, having Moxley one would actually work. But Exactly. Regardless, regardless of that, if we win the season, which means you would be one of the first people to win their debut season since I think since even the early the early seasons, because also we've had a lot of the same people sticking around and the same kind of small group of, of winners uh, across the draft, and I would do it. It would also make me the first ever three time winner, which you know I'd like to lord over some other people. Uh, but then me and you, if you are coming back for the next season of the draft, which I imagine, given how fun, much fun you have, yeah, soon you will be. That means we both equally get a shot at ES as our title. And we, but we also, as a consequence, when we go back to the single season next, like starting from Mania after Mania to SummerSlam, 
we both had to take like the last two spots selection wise <laughs> as a consequence of but you know that decision came in before we had a snake draft where it goes the other way so there's a chance to take advantage of that but uh how are you feeling about the possibility of going back into a and come back next season and this time having to you know go at it by yourself now that I got my feet wet and I had such a great part, partner to show me the ways and show me the ropes, you know. Oh, please. Like, please I'm blushing. I, I feel confident. And I don't know. There's still a lot of time left. We have four weeks between now and WrestleMania. Uh, our team could absolutely shit the bed and my morale can go down the drain. But um, I don't think that's going to happen. Either one of those. Uh, I feel very good about our team. I feel very good about how we chose our picks and i think like you like you said if we win this like me one of the one of the first in you know in a while to win in their debut draft but also you being a three-time champ like we carry that momentum over to to the summer yeah it's gonna be still a little friendly rivalry between the two of us but i think that makes us a force to be reckoned with especially like divided if you have us like that's two like top tier main event caliber folks yeah you can put us at the back of the draft whatever like you can have scott pick before me or me pick before scott yeah whatever but damn if we're doing this good together imagine us separate (laughs) and on two separate teams i just feel bad for everybody i already feel bad for everybody else (laughs) but and i'm sure going into the summer oh my god yeah oh and I don't even have time to explain to you about this. Is That's the season because it's the longest season from like Mania to SummerSlam in the middle. We have what we call a transfer window where you can swap out picks that aren't working for you midway ah. through. It's a whole other thing I'll explain to you later. But Interesting. Okay, duly noted. Duly noted. Like the only, also, the only reason that uh, the good turns are good is because they won the first ever season, so they got the option to re-team. But obviously, given the way they're going, if they lose, that means they can't team again next time. Uh which means, obviously, if we do get come out on top, as the momentum looks like, we have the option to reform the team next year. Oh, Mick Lopez with cheese running it back. That sounds good to me. You know, like when you know when you like when you try something, you try some food for the first time, you're like, oh my god, like I want I want this again as soon as possible. I think that's what a Mick Lopez with cheese is like to ESSR. Like I think it's for the better. And honestly, if these if some teams have to split, I, I'm, I apologize to them. But the goat tones, this finally gives Ryan a chance to break away from David. Like, I, I, I wouldn't blame him. You know, David's holding you down. He talks a lot, and you know, just yelling into it, an echo chamber. Which, you know, like nothing good's gonna come out of that. So, Ryan, I'm talking to you, bud. If you have to break away from the goat tones, for the better of you. By all means, go ahead. You can't team with Scott and I because we're going to win this thing and we're going to team up next <laughs> year again. But good luck going forward. Good luck. If you want to split from David, which I recommend you should. <laughs> Just saying. Uh, there's, there's a lot, you know, a lot of aspirations. Will the Goat Tones ever be able to team together again? Will Mick Lopez with cheese manage to keep the momentum after revolution? You know, what will happen? We don't know. But We're like the Mecha Powers with no Miss Elizabeth, and we just we are just also the Reign of Terror, you know. We're like the we're like the Reign of Terror and the Mega Powers combined, and no Sans Miss Elizabeth, and this is it'll be us ESSR going forward, just the two of us and everybody else. Uh, well, the thing that's funny is I'm currently the ESSR champion right now, 
and like Alan from last season is still to yeah, title shots. I don't know if I hold on past then or even past Revolution or Mania if we hold on to them. But and on on the unlikely I, situation that I'm somehow champion after me and you get your shot, I would happily put it on the line. But just know that if I lose, I would immediately cash my shot in to get a rematch. <laughs> <laughs> word, word. You know, we'll cross that bridge when we get there. As of right now, and what a McLopez with cheese has to offer. Like we are crushing it. Our team is crushing it. Revolutions this weekend. WrestleMania's a few weeks away. There's a lot. We're, we're on the up and up, and we're just getting started. Like this, this is where the meat of the points is going to come in at Revolution and WrestleMania weekend. And yo, we're not even at Re- Revolution yet. And look at us, <laughs> top three team going into the weekend. Like I, 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 I love it. Right, I love it. I love it so much. I did too. I'm sure there's some people from the draft who probably didn't love our just just begging ourselves up. But I have nothing to do again. We'll do it on a regular basis. So forgive me. And Chris, I I, I appreciate you giving you know us some of your valuable time to come on and talk about this team. I am so happy that I get to be here. You invited me, and I said yes in a heartbeat. I didn't even think about it. Thank you for you know being such a great teammate so far. We still have a lot of time left. And even if the unlikely event that we don't finish on top, you know, I think we absolutely crushed it. You know, Jurassic Express, Bianca, Sammy, Kaylee Ray, Carmelo, Moxley. There's not, I don't think it's a better team than us on paper. Some folks just got lucky, you know. (laughs) Some folks do indeed get lucky. And you're lucky that you were listening to this show. And make sure you subscribe to us on all good Android podcasts to make sure you never miss another episode of SDL, another episode of our weekly feature shows like the Debate Gym where Chris made his glorious debut, or even you know our, our show Central, which I am a regular co-host every so often on, as is Chris Lopez. Like most recent episode goes out when you're hearing this, we'll have Chris on it. So just now, if you want to listen to more of him, our feature shows like I said every Tuesday, we had a show come out recently on the greatest rivalries and. NXT history come out, so if you're a fan of the old school black and gold, you might want to go listen to that. East Meets West as well, Re- episode recently came out with myself and Gamut Roy previewing the New Japan Cup, which we recorded before. Uh, Ibushi got kicked out, so our comment on whether or not he was a favourite or not is now completely irrelevant. Damn. And also the YouTube channel, where you can find Quiz Showdown, including Quiz Showdown the Chase, where Chris and I had to go head-to-head for the first time before that was before we realized how much chemistry we had together damn right and make sure to follow us on twitter facebook and instagram at super retreat and make sure to well join the community page we can get involved with us and answer the goats question when you have your answer potentially read out on an episode of central that's all the time we have for this week of sdl chris once again thank you and you know at the, t- at the moment things are going good and hopefully one may continue Damn right, McLopez with cheese forever. Forever, I terrifying would say.